Hey there, hi there, ho there. This podcast is brought to you by the Toyota Sienna. Toyota Sienna, a minivan you can put a mustache on and travel the country. Welcome to Down by the River. My name is Terrence Hartnett. Thank you to the Toyota Sienna for supporting this podcast. Um, that is the van that the wander, a wandering mystic uses to travel the country. He's got a bed in the back of it and a sink and everything. And um, he's an amazing guy. You might have remembered him from the Stranger Danger Big Bend episode. He was the closer. He was the guy where once he started talking and we talked for 20, 30 minutes there on the trail, I was like, yeah, we got it. That's the episode. He's so interesting, so fun, so wise. Um, And so we met up again here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I traveled here sort of on a whim because I'm going to Denver and Denver still has snow and I don't want to go sleep in the cold for another week. I have a show there on Saturday um, meeting up with Harris Alterman. So I started to take a little detour from Lubbock over here to Santa Fe, and I'm loving it. It's deserty. It's warm. It's uh, the Breaking Bad landscape. We love it. Um, and uh, it happened that Michael, a wandering mystic, was also in the area. So we had lunch, and we recorded an incredible conversation in front of a church, the St. Francis Basilica here in Santa Fe. Um I love St. Francis, by the way, so I was happy to be there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a great talk. He's an interesting guy. He's woofing, which is the worldwide organic farmer, blah, 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 something like that. Um, but we also talk about, you know, his van life, his philosophy, his situation, where he's been, where he's going, what the deal is. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's loquacious and eloquent and an ideal guest. So I really hope our paths cross once again. Follow at a wandering mystic on Instagram to keep up with his travels and uh, he has some nice long captions kind of like a blog situation going over there going on over there in the wandering mystic universe okay so thanks for listening to the episode um, and uh, if you like me and you like the episode just share it on something share it on Instagram or Facebook and um, you know write a review on the Apple podcast thing or the Spotify podcast thing whatever you have you're listening to this podcast on scroll down and review us review me us being me um anyway okay you know thanks for listening you're the best i'll catch you later this week uh take it away steve down 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 by the river so you were you're a natural salesman. You're selling, you sold some vegetables today. I Some microgreens. Honestly, all it takes is like people walk by and just wave. You're like, hi. And <laughs> people just need an invitation to walk up to you. <laughs> or like, or I'd be like, hey, would you like something green in your life? Or would you like, like something eggy? Because you sold microgreens and eggs. Okay. Something eggy. <laughs> eggy in your life? Something. I, I mean, that's not as much of a sell as green. Eggy, but green, yeah. yeah, no, people uh, like just being friendly inviting because i don't know there's some psychology around walking around and and uh i don't know at a farmer's market because like easily you could just go to another place and get something somewhat similar very similar i mean it's all farm i mean people aren't all aren't they're not all there because they want the farm raised stuff though they're there for something to do they want something to just go do right Uh, basically what you read you were there all day in santa fe at a farmer's market. We're setting the scene. A wandering mystic. Michael. <laughs> I wasn't there all that. Uh, you I, just, I just, like, t- 
ten thirty. Okay. Um, there's a lot of tourists actually. Yeah. Which which grumpy farmer uh, is like they don't well because well no because they don't they're not there to buy things they're there to like check it out or like eat one thing. Right, and we they're don't not have, buying groceries. You can't buy it like right. They're not going <laughs> to eat a carton of eggs. Right, right, right. Um, so there's a bunch of those, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. When I lived in New York, I bought groceries at the farmer's market. I'd go there. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, you know, I like the idea of local. Um, it's also a community thing. I think in Santa Fe, I, did you do you know how big Santa Fe is? No. It's really fucking small. It's like 70,000 people. Okay, it feels small. We've been, I mean, like, yeah. How, well, yeah. I mean, you've been sleeping in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, but it, it feels, <laughs> I mean, it feels like a, like, like the, like, I'm like, what's going on here? What is this place? What's your I, read on it? I've, I've been here for less time than you. I don't know. I've okay. been to the farmer's market and then, and then the tour that you gave me, which yeah. was, look at this adobe building. <laughs> these these buildings are made of sand or whatever. Yeah. Adobe. Um, I don't know. I um, This building is for Photoshop. This building is for um, Adobe. Uh, the, other, the other stuff. Anyway, bad joke. Oh, that's a dad joke. Thank you. Thank you. That's you like, you got to keep cut going. Cut this part. Cut this part. Yeah. Not good. Um, Not good. I, I'm curious. Like, I get the sense that there are a lot of, uh, I want to say Bushwick, but maybe even cooler than that, like, like post Bushwick types of just like cool people, <laughs> people who have grown up Bushwick people. Who I mean, have just, grown up. just, you know, like, uh, artsy tattooed, yeah. poly, yeah. uh, um, like anti-capitalist, just like cool people. Right. And Bushwick because, West, huh? Bushwick West, Bushwick West. Uh, I'm, and I'm curious if there's a neighborhood or if they just kind of permeate. Yeah, I wonder here. what the yeah where's the cool place because I haven't seen it. Sorry, I've only seen like turquoise for sale and scarves and expensive hats. Yeah, that's not yeah. it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I've been on that's because one of the first things you said to, said to me was like, if you did this, did this podcast with strangers in Bushwick, they'd be like, yeah, they'd be all into half it. of them. No, yeah, the other one'd be like, oh, like, don't talk York, to me. It'd be like, yeah, it's New York. It's still New York, so they're afraid of people who are. Um, strangers asking them anything. It's a huge problem. Yeah. You get calloused to that in New York. Yes. Like I, I used to fly here for comedy shows in New York and it's tough, man. It's tough. Do you, do you like to laugh? That's, that's the move. Do you like to laugh? Because like, I would say like we had, we had a free comedy show with free beer and we gave away money at every show. That was the pitch. You gave away money? Well, it's called wet cash. We give away wet money. Have you ever told you about this before? This, no, my, this is my background. This is my... For the last, your, your origin for the last story. five years, I've done a show called Wet Cash, where we give away wet money at the end of the show. Uh, can I ask, dare I ask, what it is wet with? <laughs> you can dare. You may dare. It's wet with uh, water. Okay. Well, that's yeah, classic. anticlimactic. We, they wanted to do gravy at Thanksgiving, but we never, we never had the gumption to do the gravy bowl. <laughs> does, does, does money soak <laughs> up gravy <laughs> is the real question. We never got to find out. We never found out. Michael, I wish we did. I wish we did. We never found out. Say la vie. Say la vie. What um, have you? Let me let me go meta because I know how much sure. you love going meta. What, like what? We're in we're in like performative. We're perform. I feel performative now, and I sense yeah. I do yeah yeah. And like we just had we just had a whole meal together, ninety minutes together, and we were doing we were talking. We weren't being. We're doing the same sort of shtick. Yeah. But I feel performative, and you feel performative. Yeah. Why can't we? I like I don't I feel constitutionally incapable of transitioning back to the meal type of person. Like yeah, I'm which is good. I think it's good, or it's not good. It's something. 
because it's you know it's like it's 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 we're being watched. I know? like me I like me more when I'm not performing. Though. Yes, uh, whereas I am at my absolute best when I am performing. Wow. I think maybe I'm not. What do you think? You've seen both of them now. Uh, I feel like you. I feel like you were more interested in me when you weren't performing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to uh, you. We'll get to you. What's your name again? Who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> who asked you? Who asked you? Shtick, shtick, Ooh, can shtick. I do? Can I do that thing? Yeah, sure. Okay. What do you mean? The, like what's, that? what's called the drum? Uh, the uh, drum roll. No, or, uh, no. Drum. It would be a. I forget. What's it called? Not a drum roll. No, it's it. Uh, uh, something snare. Uh, yes, yeah, snare. Rim shot. Rim. <laughs> It's rim shot. Don't even. I don't have even. nothing We're to say. Church. Yeah. Don't even. Don't talk about rims here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. So you are woofing nearby in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's like an hour west. Hour east. Hour east. And go. what's your experience like there? You have that tiny home you're living in? Yep. Uh, it's a, I guess it is a tiny home. It is a lovely place. Uh, the... Um, I'm try- I should probably not mention who, because I, I love describing the farmer as crotchety and grumpy. <laughs> in fact, there was someone who walked up to the, um, to the booth today, and I was, uh, the, the farmer was away, whatever, wandering and being crotchety. And I was yeah. like talking to her, and I was like, I love this guy. He's like, he's super grumpy, uh, but he's really nice, but he just like, he just hates people. <laughs> and he like came back because this girl seemed interested in like visiting. I was like, so I was, I was selling her on you being grumpy, and he was like, what? Dude, what? I'm like, oh, well, that's my editorial. Was he being grumpy enough? He's always grumpy. But did he present his grumpy as you sold? Because you sold him as grumpy. Was he as grumpy as you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he just, he just hates people. He's crotchety. How about crotchety having the word crotch in there? I feel like it's a badge of, of honor if you are crotchety. Um, but, yeah, it's I'm learning a lot. And he uh, he knows a lot. Uh, I like We have good rapport. He's like... He's not on a high. I mean, he's as on as much of a high horse as anyone might be, but also very humble. But he's a permaculture farmer, which means he has like some sort of morals he's adhering to, kind of, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, you shit on you shit on like big ag and yeah. such. Uh, he's got several greenhouses that he built, and um, he doesn't till because tilling, you know, tilling. Yeah, you um, churning up the earth. Yeah, that that breaks up uh just the like all of the stuff that's built up in the particularly fungus fungus fungi are amazing they're everywhere they help the soil fungi yeah absolutely no, they're, they, they break down dead no matter and oh, they right. create soil. yeah yeah no and they have like it's it's kind of like when i realized that trees very similar to fun you know so so fungi have the the what's that the, the mushroom the mushroom the top the okay. mushroom right the vast majority of a fungus or organism is below the ground the my my mycelium my, mycelium it's the my floor mesh with the um mycelial network i know trees Great. communicate That's through a, mycelial network That's they don't they don't have mycelia but it's similar yeah. it's exactly similar. and so like when i look around at trees and i think about the what we see as trees as kind of like a small outcropping of this massive organism <laughs> it just blows my mind and it's like these things have grown and, and and stride for so long and then they just shoot up this little thing into this visible world for us just to 
absorb food, right? And we're like, yeah, fuck those guys. It's a tree. It's just a tree. Who cares? It's just yeah. a tree. Cut them down. Just but really, there's tree. so much more beneath the surface. It's beautiful. What's the uh, so your compensation is food and room and board, right? I don't like thinking of it as compensation. <laughs> Because that's transactional. I don't like it as trans- transactional. But uh, yeah, part of the deal is I get I get room and board. Yeah. What's the deal? The, that's that's that is the. There's deal. no more else. The, the, I learn. You're getting money. To, you learn. Yeah. There's no money. I learn a lot. Um, I he's really good about keeping us at like 20 hours a week. That's even awesome. though his like profile said 30, but he's he's doing 20. Uh, and frankly, I, don't, I just don't really know what to do in my time. How is the work? Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, yesterday. So he like at 6am he's checked his voicemail and this guy left him a voicemail saying he's bringing over seven ducks at two okay. that day. So surprise ducks. So we, uh, <laughs> we built a pen for the ducks with putting in T posts and fencing and built a gate. Uh, grown ducks. Yeah. Fully grown ducks. Uh, and then we harvested the microgreens that we sold today and I gave to you. Thank uh, you very much. Which was also cool. We, we sharp or he sharpened the knives. So they're extra <laughs> two, two of the woofers were with managed to cut themselves. Um, but yeah, no, you just kind of cut them and bag them. Uh, and then the day before just put it, I don't know. He, he's good about like delegating. Um, I'm thinking about having a side project to build a, like a meditation platform or something. Oh, cool. Place to <coughs> meditate. Because you meditate every day. I do. In the morning? Yes. What time? As soon as you wake up? Uh, yeah, when I wake up, before my coffee. Do you drink coffee? I love coffee. Do you like good coffee? Yeah. Um, Talk to me. Hit right. me. So, I, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning the place, but their fucking coffee is awful. <laughs> it is so terrible. What place? Java Joe's? No, 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 I had bad no, coffee no, at Java no, Joe's. No. I'll just say it. I don't care. <laughs> Look in the camera and say it. Java Joe's. Java Joe's, not good coffee. Bad service, too. Honestly, I waited 10 minutes to order the coffee. That was bad. At Java Joe's. At Java Joe's. Um, no, no, no. This woofing place. They oh, get, their coffee. They get bad. Starbucks. How do you feel about Starbucks? I don't care. I mean, like, it's burnt. I mean, they burn it. Yeah, it's, yeah, bur- what? it's not good. And you'll, But you'll drink it? I'll drink it. I'll drink anything. I, don't, I mean, like, <clears throat> I don't want to. I don't. If, I'm, if I, would, oh, I would go somewhere. I'll go anywhere else before Starbucks to get a cup of coffee. Um, but I will take it. I will go without coffee, then go to Starbucks. Good for you. It's, it's really because I drink my coffee on because I'm doing the the intermittent fasting, yeah. so I don't have any like sugar or anything in the morning. But I also don't have caffeine in the afternoon, so that means I have to drink my coffee black. Yeah. You can't. Have you had Starbucks black? Yeah. Oh God. I it's mean, harsh. I've been. It, harsh. It, it, it's horrible. It's a completely different drink than like a good coffee. I know it's sometimes I order it's like in like when I go to places I don't know what they're gonna be like and so the first sip sip I'm like I just don't want it's this. always gonna be better than Starbucks though no sometimes like it's exactly the same I had the hotel's coffee this morning which is free for me yeah. I stole it and um, it was exactly <laughs> like Starbucks it was like because I just my friends were staying at the hotel and so I just slept in the parking lot and, and they're like hey there's coffee in the lobby and I got some coffee and I hung out in the lobby all morning it was awesome um, but the coffee was like that burnt taste at Starbucks well, it was it was like the coffee machine did you get the brand on it no so you know what is interesting that I, I found out when I was in Nicaragua is that um, I went to a, a coffee farm plantation cool. and they actually have different categories for the different brands so like 
um, like kind of unsightly, uh, unattractive beans, they yeah. sell the Folgers in bulk. <laughs> oh, cool. And then they Folgers makes it into instant or whatever. Right. But uh, those whole good, those good whole beans, those pretty ones, go to Starbucks or go to some. No, not Starbucks. Starbucks I mean, sells I good pretty whole beans. They do. Yeah, but they probably ruin it by burning them. They do. They that's way the over th- that's what I don't under America. And America, here I am performing please. America. You could do so much better than burnt beans. I don't understand. Yeah, because it's like burnt to nut. It's like it tastes the same as any burnt beans. It's just like. Their, their goal is to make it all taste the same, and it does. It's uniform. It's like a, you, there's a signature Starbucks taste to coffee. but And it's it's fire. I love Bad it's just, fire. It's, it's cold, the same people who, who like their steaks well done. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Not, 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 the, you're, not, you're not tasting beef. You're tasting char. It's the same thing. You're not tasting coffee. You're tasting char, char and the, beans. And then the kicker is that it has less caffeine. Yeah, they burn it out, they burn it out of there. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever had... Um, I think it's called white coffee. No. It's like very lightly roasted. It tastes super nutty. It doesn't taste like coffee at all, but it's got a shitload of caffeine. People, I think in Seattle, obviously, are like into it, and they do half regular coffee, half white. Half white coffee. Does, yeah. it, look, does it look black, too? No. It looks, no, it's, it's it like, like kind of yeah, like a tan, kind of nutty. Whoa. So do you know about coffee, like where it comes from? The, no. The, they're berries. Okay. Uh, and they're, the berries are actually delicious and they have, they're lightly caffeinated. What do they taste like? Like a, is it like a blueberry or is it like a strawberry? It's not sweet. It's gotta be a little bitter. It's like, you know, currants. Yeah. 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 Not the, not flavor, but like the, the type of thing. It's like that kind of trend, like a thin membrane on the outside and kind of like, uh, you know, translucent, uh, pulp. It's pretty sweet. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um, I think there's like one or two companies that actually make juice out of the um, out of the berries, but most coffee farms actually just compost the juice from the berries. Wow! And they just use the pits. The pit. The pit is the bean. Coffee bean. Okay. It's not a bean. It's not a a pit. No. It's yeah. It's or a seed or something. I don't know why I thought of that. So the intermittent fasting, you're having it in the morning. So you're not having coffee's your coffee. terrible. Uh, I'm I'm barely caffeinated because the burnt to shit coffee is lower caffeine, and I can't even drink that much of it. <laughs> but this morning, I had a great day. Saturday, it's my day off. I made my I carry around coffee in my van, and okay, I've got so a little pour over, okay. and I've got a hand grinder. So you made your own. I made my own. I was so happy. Hand ground coffee. Yeah. Where you yeah. get the hot water from the house? Yeah. From your kitchen. From their their kitchen. kitchen. I mean, I have my own stove in my van. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, you have a little butane stove. Butane, not propane. Butane. Right? I use propane. We, we, we're both van lifers. We're talking about it. Um, I met you in Big Bend National Park when I did a Stranger Danger. So fans of the show will already know the wandering. Is this not Stranger Danger? No, this will be your episode. Oh, we got an episode. This will be you. This will be is, a wandering what mystic. The, what's the incidence of, of Stranger Danger? Is that like? I've done three of okay. them. How many of them are recurrent? characters none zero you're the first wow well because they're strangers i don't like make friends with them and then meet them for lunch how many how many of the the people what percentage of the people you do you meet on stranger danger would you actually want to be friends with it feels like it feels like half of them honestly like i like it's because it's like it's a self-selection people people who like half ish of people who i ask to do it do it and then half of them are really cool and like i'm always i'm always really impressed about like how much they have to say and like how interesting they are. Like it always, it always instills me with a faith in humanity. 
like wow. after I do one, I'm always like really pumped. It's hard. Often it's hard for me to go to sleep after a stranger danger because I'm so excited about having met all these interesting people, and I'm like I'm I'm like so into like oh the world is a great and interesting place. People are interested. Like it's it's a restorative in my faith in humanity. Honestly, it's like so nice. Wow. Yeah, you must really like people. I do. Yeah, I love people. Yeah, um, and so. We were at the meditation platform. You meditated. You meditate. How long? Twenty minutes in the morning. I when I first started, I set a timer. I stopped setting a timer. You I just generally, do it. I look at my watch and like when I'm done, I'll look at my watch again. And if it was less than ten minutes, I just feel bad about myself. <laughs> but other than that, it's usually between ten and twenty minutes. You do it till it's done. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've been doing it every day for a year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. According to your Instagram. That's right. Yeah. Unless yeah, you've yeah, been performing yeah. that. You've been doing you've been doing your research. I do some research. I do some research. I do some research. You have an interesting Instagram. Um, a wandering mystic. A at a wandering mystic. You're living out of a Toyota Sienna. Wow. You've got your car brand with down. a mustache on it. The mustache. That's 2016. That's true. Wow. I remember that. I don't know why I remember like it was like five yeah, years why ago. Why do that's strange. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> strange, strange. People are strange when you're a stranger. Um. <laughs> Uh, What's nice about this about the 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 podcast or intro is that I don't have to feel the pressure of like keeping a conversation. Yeah, going. I know. Maybe you should pick up your slack a little bit. Maybe you no, I'm just it, like laying back. Give it a try. You know, I mean, you have a lot of interesting things to say. You know, up until I'm now. gonna be a pillow princess on this. <laughs> a pillow princess. So you were telling me you didn't, you don't know where you're gonna go next. You've been, where have you been? You started, you started in New York. Where'd you start? I started in New York. Where, I where? went. Uh, how do you define like start? I don't know. November. You leave? I, guess. I mean, yeah. I, I, my apart. I gave him my apartment October thirty first. Okay, Halloween. That's right. Spooky. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut it out. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so you left in November. Um, I left in November. I went. Uh, I mean, I went upstate visit my mom. I. Uh, I was Albany in area. Albany, thank you. Um, I was in New York for a little bit, staying with my girlfriend. I went to uh, went to DC, visited my dad, went back, and then I guess it started like in earnest when I went down to North Carolina um, and woofed nice. worldwide opportunities on organic farms. Uh, I stayed at a wait. What is it? W. What's the W W O O F. What's what it stands for? Again? Worldwide opportunities on organic farms. Okay, nice. nice. So there's that. Mm, I'll, I don't want to say all countries have it, but like maybe it's regional, but there's Woof USA. Yeah. And you can just, it's the website and you just get it. And then is it easy to find placements? Yeah. I mean, you just, you just find it. There's tons of, there's like several thousand farms in the U S a lot of people do it while traveling abroad. Honestly, I like tried, have you done couch surfing? No. Have you tried, have you traveled abroad? No. Well, I went to, yeah. I mean, I went to, I went to Oxford for six weeks when I was uh, in college and I visited my brother in Ireland. You haven't traveled. No, not really. Um, I oh, next, I want to do that next year, I think. Or like after this is over, I want to do like a year in Europe. I think that'd be cool. This is never over. This is the new reality. Pandemic is over soon. Wow. Vaccines. You're baby. not gonna, I mean, you're not going to catch COVID, but, <laughs> but man, this is a new world. Um, yeah, so there's couch surfing. I, try, I tried getting around Europe a little bit doing couch surfing, but I think as like a single male-bodied person it's kind of hard to get people to accept you yeah i get that um thanks men yeah for being generally terrible yeah (laughs) uh but i think woofing probably would have been the move for me so if i if i do 
you know, young person travel again, which I'm never going to be younger than I am now. Nope. Uh, 32. Wow. 32. Did I, have I told you about my, um, f- four types of ages? No. I mean, it's five. I, I wrote a blog <laughs> post about it. Uh, so that basically the idea being that like age, which I call in that post solar age, okay. which is like the number of times I've existed on this planet and it's been around the sun Yep, is just That's arbitrary. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it makes sense that it's the government age because like we need one, a standard metric yeah. to measure essentially how close we are to death. Yeah. But like how close we are to death depends on the person, depends on your lifestyle. Um, so there are other ages that I propose. One is for example, biological age. Um, which is kind of what like we're trying to approximate with solar age, which is, you know, how old do you look? How old <laughs> is your body? Like, are you wrinkled? Do you have kids? Well, no? so that's, that's slightly different. Okay. This uh, different one. Um, right. I, I would say biological age is like, you know, you've met people who are 70 and you thought they were probably like 45. Yep. Right. So their biological age is probably around 45. Yeah. Um, and then there's, um, experiential age, like how much life have you lived? Yeah. Have you, right? have you yeah. left your hometown? Have you traveled the world? Have you tried new things? Whatever. Um, then there's life stage age, which is extremely culturally relative. Yes. Okay. That's where the kids come in. That's and where the marriage comes in. Yeah. So like, I think in our culture, if you have, uh, if you have like a kid and a house in the suburbs, you're probably like, I don't know. 29, 30 life stage. Yeah. Age, Maybe right? Older. Yeah. No. I feel like that's getting older all the time. Well, we um, want, that's what we want. Exactly. We were both very biased in that. Yeah. But like, you <laughs> know, we, we're in our early thirties, uh, and we are saying fuck all and traveling the world. So right. life we're stage age, we're probably like early twenties. Yeah. Mid twenties, early twenties. Yeah. Right. Um, unfortunately, yes. Oh, and then there's emotional age, Okay. emotional or psychological Imma- age. Maturity, immaturity. Exactly. Right. Or like, you know, there are tons of people who are in their forties, uh, extremely stunted, right. probably like a 15 year old, their psychological age. Yep. Uh, I think that's it. Anyway, the point is that the like solar age is essentially trying to approximate when you ask someone how old you are, you're trying to discern where you are in those other ages. Yes. But yes. it's extremely imprecise. Right. Well, and with comedy, we have comedy age. How long have you been doing comedy? Oh, it's like, oh yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're 10 years in and you haven't been on TV, it's kind of like, well, what's up? What's going on? Like, what, like, what do you, or like, or like, okay, you have been doing the road? Or have you just been like, are you a hobbyist? Like, you know, like, like how, how into this are you actually? So people, like, people will be like, determining how much stage time to give me to ask me how, many time, how long I've been doing comedy. And I'll be like, six, six years? And they're like, okay, we'll give you 10 minutes. Something like that. Huh. Like it's because if I was brand new, they would be like, "Okay, we'll give you five. Like, we'll figure, like, we'll, we'll let you, like, let's figure this out." Um, hmm. I think, which is also it's an approximation of all these other stages of of comedic development. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of parallels there. Do you feel like uh, there are certain just indelible things that you have acquired through experience of six years that just like? in you know two years in you just can't you just like, can't get it yeah maybe um i don't know i think there's people there's people who are like you know two and three years in that have like gotten a lot in and they've really worked at it and they've done you, know, you can cram more if like if you're in new york city and you're doing a lot like you can get a lot there's a lot more going on in new york city than there is in like santa fe if you're doing like santa fe comedy i'm sure it's like twice a week you know what i mean or whatever yeah. so 
um, like in in New York, someone says like it's like dog years in New York. If you do three years in New York, it's like doing ten years somewhere else. You know what I mean? Um, so when people ask you how long you've been doing comedy, you need to say six years in New York. In, well, I say six years Chicago and New York, yeah, which right. is a, yeah, it's better. It's better I think than like you know some small town. But do you, do you genuinely feel like you are a better comic now than you were two years ago, four years ago? Um, yeah, I'm hoping it's like, I don't think it's been a steady incline. You know what I mean? I think it's been yeah. fits and starts. Yeah. Um, so two years ago, I feel like honestly, like probably like if, if it was like me two years ago and me now, I, I feel like I'm not even sure like who would do better on a given night. Like, cause like maybe two years ago, first of all, pre pandemic. And I was also in, I was in New York, I guess, but like when I was in Chicago, I was doing a lot more, um, comedy for audiences because I had like more opportunities to be in front of audiences. When I moved to New York, I was doing a lot of open mics because I was brand new again. Mm. I was starting at zero. So, um, I said I was getting worse at comedy for that first year because I was just like getting less experience in front of those crowds. So I was like doing like less real quote unquote real comedy, doing more comedy for like comedians in two and three minute chunks, um, which does a different thing to your comedy. So like, uh, I think there's been ups and downs. Yeah. So I would say I was probably at my best right before I moved. Um, to New York because in Chicago I was doing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday in front of real audiences wow. and then once in a while on Wednesday or Tuesday and I was doing open mics in between there so I was developing material so like and then I was in New York I was doing open mics every night hmm. so that's like you know that's good for building quick jokes because comedians like jokes still even though they're comedians the audiences are kind of like more you do jokes and you have also you have like your um, presence and you have like crowd work and you do like you know the, the, like the showmanship uh-huh. Comedians don't care about showmanship. Comedians care about jokes. Uh, does it, is, is that say that it should be as funny written in, in the written form as yeah. it is spoken? Like a good joke, exactly. I mean, wow. yeah. Which is, I think, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not the whole picture. That's how you get stuck being a comedy writer. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> where yeah, Roy is like the real chops happen in front of audiences. Precisely. So. What so your mission going out in this van was to what was it? What was your conception? <laughs> enough about me. Like enough about me. Stop interviewing me. I'm gonna keep doing this. Okay, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you know I'll let you. But uh, what was your conception of the of your trip in this van? How long are you, are you intending to do it for? Oh, intent. That's a tough one. Yeah. What did you picture it when you started? Did you what did you what did you tell your parents and your girlfriend? <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, uh, I'm leaving New York. I don't I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. Well, I don't know about coming back, but like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing here. Gonna go figure out what you're doing. Um, it's after five, and you know, at least in the Northeast, it's like oh, between you know, ten and four is when the sun is dangerous. Really strong. But, this is but I don't know if that's da- different here because it's just hot as shit. Yeah, it's very hot. It's dangerous. It's not. I mean, it feels dangerous. Yeah, it feels like we're gonna burn. I mean, it's maybe dangerous because we're going to take our clothes off. <laughs> I will not take my shirt off in front of this church. That's my, <laughs> that's my contention. That's, what I'm, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, because we're fucking repenting for abortion in yes, euthanasia. Exactly. And, and all yeah, there's a statue right there. That says <laughs> uh, Answer my question, Michael. Yeah, okay. Um, right, my mission. Uh, my mission... Well, I mean, I have my, my website has some of my mission that I wrote when I started it, which is wanderingmystic.net. Wanderingmystic.net. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, which is my web, my blog has just devolved into like what I envision as just updating my friends and family about what I'm doing. But I, I hoped to be able to inspire people to, you know, take, uh, 
take ownership and agency over their lives. Yeah. Uh, in that wasn't like what I was doing, but in writing about it, I hope to, you know, inspire people that, uh, oh, I'm just a dude who's doing a thing. I'm not like some, uh, I'm not a, you know, wonder what's it, the tech, tech, uh, untethered tech, what tech nomad? Tech nomad. I don't know. That's not the term. word. Um, digital nomad. Digital, digital nomad. nomad. Oh, because you. you're working from home. Like working from home and right. And like, you know, yeah. fancy people. You know, bless the fancy people. Right. But um, I probably could, honestly could have done that. But I just I, I was not. I was done with capitalism and so yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I wanted to find like meaning and purpose. Yep. Um, like I know I have certain abilities, I guess, or just natural tendencies. Uh, what I struggle to understand is how that connects and interfaces with the world around me. Yeah. So hoping to kind of understand more of that. I want to learn hard skills. Or do you want to jump in or you want no, me? No, no, hit me. Um, I want to like learn actual skills. You know, I've worked in knowledge work for a while. Uh, and I, I don't know the first thing about growing food in the earth, right? So I want to learn about actually just how to be someone who interacts with the world. And then I think lastly, I wanted to want to figure out how to help people, uh, in, whether it's indirectly influencing people to improve their lives or directly providing material aid to people. Um, I, I don't know where I am at. So woofing, yeah, woofing is like going to help you learn how to grow food, help learn how to help you help people. You're meeting people, you're doing, you're visiting all these kind of like different communities and seeing, and you said you're meeting strangers on purpose. Did I say that? Yeah, meeting strangers on purpose. Yeah. Are you, are you meeting strangers? You said you were meeting strangers. I mean, you're the one who's had a stranger danger set up by the, yeah, you're right. by the Big Bend. But you said that, yeah, but, you, but you're like, you're like meeting locals. At least. Yeah, I would I would like to I think there's a small amount of what I'm doing that's uh that was a funny horn. You yeah, yeah, it's a car. Ooga. Um <laughs> uh yeah, I think there's like a small component of what I'm doing that's kind of trying to scope out places that I may want to live. So are you done with New York? When I left I wasn't sure about it. Yeah. Uh but not too long after I I, I realize that I'm probably done with it. Yeah, dude. As soon as I left, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I like to, I like it, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, because everywhere else is so much more hospitable to like a life, to like a real life, that's, a genuine that's right. way of living. That's right? right. Yeah. I mean, like New York is. Um, I think New York is reality in a certain sense of you know what I was saying earlier about overpopulation of yeah. the earth and uh you know like new york is the epitome of you get thousands and thousands and thousands of people together in really tight quarters and how do we deal with that yeah um but it's also the epitome of the capitalist system right yeah. like it 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 comes together because there are economic um benefits to being in close proximity uh, the real estate market is obviously Finance. insane and yeah. yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's the financial center of the world. Uh, and just the culture, you know, my friends who are still in New York and really like suffering from a just kind of existential ennui perspective, it forget that there is like, we exist as animals, as creatures. Yeah. And because New York just sucks you into this, uh, this kind of, 
like higher level struggle and strife that just really separates us from our fundamental existence. And like your humanity, like your fundamental yeah. humanity. Yeah, and but, and but it's so it's so confusing and enticing because at the same time there's so much humanity, right? Not only like arts and just seeing people around, but there's also, you know, people outside of New York love to like talk about how unfriendly and mean people are, but there's actually a huge amount of love in New York. Yeah, and taking care of each other, it really yeah. is. How how do you, how are you seeing that? What do you mean? When you what do you think of when you think when you're thinking of that? Because they can I, they can be callous. Yeah, I, so they're. I mean, top of mind is like mutual aid, which I was involved in. Um, but setting that aside, even before the pandemic or anything like that, I always thought about different cities as being like a combination of uh, friendliness, um, kindness, and like and politeness. Yeah. And you could have two of those three. <laughs> I, I just made this up. But so so Chicago, for example, which you and I yeah. know, a little friendlier. Um, so Chicago is uh, friendly and or polite. Poli- and polite, yeah. right? But they're not kind in the sense that like, they're gonna ask you how you're doing, they're yep. gonna help you out, but they don't truly care about who you are as a person. Okay. Right? New York, my, my sense was that people uh, are polite, they'll hold the door for you. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, like if you are, if you fall on the street, they'll help you out. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not, um, they're not friendly. Right. Like they're no. going to be like, how you doing? Not at all. Right. In, in Chicago, they're like, how you doing? And you'll chit chat about that. But like, yeah. and then you go away, you don't care. Like, you know, when you order something in New York, you say, can I get a, can I get a large, can I get a large black yeah. coffee? Yeah. You don't say, and then in Chicago you say, Hi, how are you? Good, right. good. I'm, I'm doing great as well. May I please have a right. large black coffee? Right. Yeah. Right. It's just a waste of energy. And in New York, they just don't. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that doesn't. They don't care about that. They don't want that anymore. Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. But what it needs to be faster? But yeah. but then the kicker is that I do think New York has kindness. I think that fundamentally, like you know, if someone is truly suffering, people might walk over you. They'll try to not see you, yeah, but right. they'll actually care and they'll try to help you. More than Chicago. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, my, my experience in Chicago is that people were pretty just like insular and super, superficial, honestly, just existentially yeah, yeah. superficial. Midwest nice. Have you heard that term where they're like, they're like, Oh, bless your heart. And really what they mean is like, go to hell. Like they, sure. you know, like they're just saying something nice, yeah. but they're, they're outwardly polite, but they actually don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, I, I even extend this to like drinking buddies. You know, Chicago has a huge drinking culture. Yep. Right. And you, the people, the, the, the type of drinking culture in Chicago is about just like getting wasted and being dumb and being silly, watching sports, right? Sports yeah. are big of it. Yep. But, but it's not like getting wasted and be like, what are you worried about in your life, man? How's your relationship with your mom? Right? I mean, not that it happens all the time in New York, but like people try to connect when they connect. Cause they're, yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're a little bit more arty, a little bit more farty, a little bit more like they, I mean like you're, you probably, you're presumably you're in New York to do, to like follow a dream. Even if it's like to be in finance, you know what I mean? Like it's like you came there from somewhere else. Yeah. To do some things. I mean, I think there's also different groups of people, like people who want to just kind of milk New York for what it's got, whether it's opportunity or money or right. whatever, and then get out and move to the suburbs or whatever. Uh, and then I think the, so this kind of, this segues maybe into the mutual aid component, but like when the, when the pandemic started, um, I, it was really amazing to see all the people who just wanted to help 
and, and shit. Yeah. I, you know, I guess this happened probably all over the country, maybe. Yeah, I think it did. Um, it's like, who needs help? Like old people, you need groceries. I got you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was, I don't know. Maybe that's fundamental. Small businesses, keeping. helping out small businesses, doing that kind of thing. Like, yeah, you gave your barber twenty bucks. You gave your barber twenty bucks, even though you didn't get a haircut. You stopped by your barber and you go, here's twenty bucks because I've been cutting my own hair in my in my house. Not my money. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that happened everywhere, but like the, there have been long term organizations that practice mutual aid in New York. Like there's one called, um, F for, uh, Flatbush for, oh no, e, uh, equality for Flatbush. E equality for F. They've been around for decades and they have been just kind of propping up uh, like marginalized and oppressed communities within nice. Flatbush. In and Flatbush. that's kind of, that's a strong, uh, community. And where did I, you live? Uh, uh, why did I say almost Greenpoint, uh, Sunnyside, Sunnyside Queens. Queens. Right. And yeah. yeah, that's where you did your mutual aid work, right? Yeah. Tell me about that. How did it start? How'd it go? Thank you. Uh, I need a more specific question. Uh, no, where, I got, what, how to start out what I got. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> well, I think, uh, when the pandemic started, I, I mean, before the pandemic started, I was very much on like the anti-capitalism kick, Yeah, you know, that you just, humanity has, humanity in, in large part has just jumped the shark. How so? Tell me. <laughs> just like, I love that. It's just, a, you're familiar with the term. Yes. Mm, the happy days. Yeah. yeah the fonts. Um, like just the absurdity of of like levels of of abstraction uh yeah you're not connected to your own food sources or who you're paying and who's paying you none of that is like in your face that's all abstracted by money and we we live in this internet uh which is super useful i i guess but (laughs) but like we're I mean, I'm sure I could sit down and like, you know, diagram all the levels of abstraction, but I think the, the most obvious is just how far, if we, if we start from where we are as animals, right? Yep. We, we are animals and, and with the exception of a few, you know, maybe r- religious belief systems, most people agree that we are animals. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like how fucking far are we from <laughs> from the chimps and 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 maybe it's merited because we're you know smarter and superior that's fine but just look at how far we are so like, far in very short amount of time like this right I, mean, I don't even know what this is made of but some people before us knew yeah right right and why we need to ask like for what why why did we create this and it's all this sense of striving and doing better just for the damn sake of doing better yeah and for like, progress yeah and some people are for like altruistic progress like oh the species needs to, like think about the space race for example the species needs to advance because that's just what we do yeah. but the vast majority i think of human advancement has come from the the individual drive for progress yeah 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 uh for for being better than those around us um and like you know i used to and yeah i used to think or feel that a sign of our exceptionalism as a species is how far we are from the the basics of survival you know how far we are from having to hunt and gather right how far we are from having to shit in a hole in the woods but now but now like 
that's, that is what we are. Right. It's all, everything else is artificial. <laughs> and it's just levels on levels on levels built through generations. Yeah. And it's all, we also want to like blame, you know, the ruling class or industrialists or whatever for creating the system. And uh, what's inconvenient to realize is that it's actually no one person's fault. It's actually these incredibly right. complex systems that have built on top of each other. And so we have this massive hairball that no one is in charge of. No one, and I say no one can fully understand. And we inherited it. It wasn't like people who are alive now decided to, to like come out of the trees and be. Right. We all were born into the thing that was already going on. It was already spinning as we got here. And we all just like hopped on this treadmill and we're just keep, we're just keeping it going. Well, and and accelerating it even. Yeah. Well, and the problem is that we're not, we be, we're told that it's not a choice. Or not, we're not even told about it. We're just no. saying, this is the way it is. You get a job, you continue moving the capitalist machine forward. And I feel like we, what you and I are doing is realizing that, oh, it actually is a choice. And yeah. yes, I own a Toyota vehicle, which was created by, you know, decades of innovation by the wonderful, brilliant people in Japan and Toyota. <laughs> and God bless them. They enable my lifestyle. But given the parameters of the world around me, I'm doing my best to try to be intentional and uh, defect as much as I can from it. Yeah, defect. Okay. So, like, do you think that, um, like, people who live in permaculture... The guy who I interviewed, I interviewed a guy who quit money for 15 years. Is that yeah, close to that? Yeah, you told okay, me about right. that. So, like, you guys would get along great. He thinks that money is also it's, it's an abstraction that's just intended to separate you from from what your money is doing. Like, it's like right. if you if you were in a village with somebody and like they gave you pears and you gave them water and you're know, like you you gave somebody cooked meat and they give you raw meat. I don't know. Well, you know, like the, you know, the, yeah. you're exchanging things. But now it's like your money is doing so much that you have no idea what it's doing. And your money is coming from so much that you have no idea where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. It's all being abstracted by this system, right? And you want to be more intentional, more human about these interactions. I would love to be. And, and this goes to the, what I brought up earlier at lunch about scale, which is that, uh, you know, if you have 100 people in your community and you're exchanging things, right. you can keep in mind, like, what's the exchange rate of pairs for, you know, uh, a pap smear? Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> 180 pairs is a pap smear, right? And everyone kind of knows that, and that's fine. But in a but, community of 100 people, like, one person couldn't do just pap smears. They had to do, like, everything well, that's true. medicine, yeah. right? Right. So they would take 180 pairs for a pap smear, smear right. and, they would, <laughs> and they would take, you know, 80 pairs for a new uh, horseshoe or yeah. whatever, right? Um, Horseshoes and pap smears. <laughs> Step right up. Which one do you need? I could do both. Two for one. Um, pap smear for your horse. <laughs> now that's a bargain. And horseshoes for your wife. There you go. <laughs> um, smear your pap and chew your horse. Step right up. So the point is, as, but as you get to more complexity, more both people, like number of people that we interacted, but also more things that we think we need. Yeah there's more and more, there's ex literally exponentially more possible exchanges. And so you need this, uh, this common denominator of money. You know, a pap smear costs a hundred dollars, yep. a pair costs one dollar. Yep. Everybody agrees on that, you're yep. done. Uh, and, you, and, and you don't really need to negotiate on it and you don't need to have conversations, you don't need to have relationships yeah. with people around you. And so... It's, I, dehumanizing. it's dehumanizing. It's exactly right. It's abstracting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you are in your life are trying to make strides towards rehumanizing those interactions. 
Fuck if I know. I don't know. You're trying. I mean, I don't want to put this on you and make you feel like you're falling short of what your ideals. But like, I mean, aren't we all? Yeah, we are. But like, you have these ideals. You are trying to do that stuff. You're through the woofing, through the connecting with people. I think my big struggle is that I have these ideals, values, and beliefs, and I have trouble translating them into actual reality. So yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm great at like telling people what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, you're humble about it, right? You know that you're going to fall short of these ideals. You know that you're like, we just bought you food at a restaurant, which is like, who knows where they got, where they got the food? Yeah. Who knows who made We don't know who made it. We don't know anything about it. How, was that, were they paid well? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like... Um, you're yep. willing to participate in the in the ca- in capitalism. Well, understand. I think I think that's I think that's a good point that, uh, well, that I'm interpreting that you're making, which is that you. I, you're brilliant. I know. Um, we've agreed at lunch that we're both superior, <laughs> just superior in general, not to anyone in particular. Um, <laughs> but uh, that you know, a lot of people when they get faced with just the injustice of the world, you know, get point like you know fully grasp the the really fucked up history of these so-called United States, yeah. the fucked up history of capitalism in general, they're like, they're really overwhelmed and they feel like, well, I mean, there's really nothing I can do, so I'm just going to ignore it yep. because it's too scared, too hard. And I think the point that you were kind of touching on is that we do the best we can. And we should do the best we can. Yeah, right. We're called we to should. do the best we can. Yeah. We should do the best we can. Uh, and, th- and that doesn't mean, you know, uh, the bare minimum so that we can tell other people the best we can. It <laughs> means truly, actually being intentional. You know, I buy from Amazon. Me too. I try not to. Yeah. I, I, re- I really do. Like, uh, and there are certain uh, moral trade-offs that I'm struggling with. For example, I got a... I don't think I mentioned this to you. I got a, my tire got a big nail in it. Yeah. Uh, and it was like 50, I think pro- at least $50 cheaper to buy it on Amazon. A tire? The tire. Wow. Okay. Yeah. These are like, these are run flat tires. Yeah. So there's, yeah, anyway. And I don't know. I made the, I made the call to buy it on Amazon and, and I don't know. I, I think about that, but I think, I think it's important to be intentional about these things. Um, and and then also be informed about like movements around us because I think individually, it's really hard to actually make a difference. But collectively, actually huge movements can happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is that what, so? When you what were you what were you getting into in Sunnyside Queens, specifically? Yeah. Um, Mutual aid and radical organizing is what you told me. It was radical organizing. Yeah. I mean, ra- in the sense that like. I don't. Well, I don't know what people think of when they when they hear radical organizing or organized in general. Yeah. Uh, but people usually think of political organizing for a political party, and whatever. Uh, right. You went to Atlanta and you helped out um, in the Atlanta special election. The George yeah, I, 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 right, I did canvassing. Yeah. So that was electoral politics, which was kind of opposed to what I was doing. In mutual aid. And mutual aid is basically like the government is fucked. It's yeah. like as a system, as well as well as charity charity as a system is fucked. Char- wow. um, you know, charity is a mechanism by which well-off people get to, to decide who is worthy of support and assistance. And it just reinforces, well, okay, these people have power, these people don't. And mutual aid, what I found so compelling was that it, uh, it's based on the idea that we all have worth as human beings and we all have dignity. And so mutual aid says solidarity and not charity. 
which means that, you know, on one day I may have something to give and then the next day I may have something that I need. Yeah. Uh, and it's incredibly empowering for people who have traditionally Charity been for told, poor people by poor people. <laughs> well, or whatever. That's, not, that's or how whatever. I, that's a quick way to. Charity for people by, well, th- that's, I think what's important is getting non-poor people yeah. into that fold because what's also important, what I, what I learned is that poor people have been doing mutual aid forever. <laughs> people, people who are left out and ignored by our existing systems take care of each other. Right. Whether it's through a church group or right. it's a community group, like they have been taking care of each other because the other systems forget them. And we, uh, you know, in the middle class, just pretend like that doesn't exist. Um, and so if we want to create like a, a you know, interclass uh, system where we take care of each other, we need to recognize that a that that uh, oppressed, marginalized people have been taking care of each other for a long time, and also that I, as someone who uh, who may have money, am not uh, more worthy of anything than someone who may not. Yeah. So what what were you doing? What was the so I was so I was uh, when we started. Um, we were just trying to build like a, a network. We created a, an intake system for people who needed help and an intake system for people who wanted to provide help. Any kind of help? Yeah, basically it ended up being mostly like grocery delivery. Uh, and a lot of the grocery delivery ended up being, uh, people couldn't pay for it. Nice. So a lot of the volunteers, uh, community members, we tried to get away from this like divide between volunteers and non-volunteers because it's like we're all in a scale. Why was anyone getting paid? What do you mean? No, but but like it's this it's this divide between people who are needy and people who are helping them gotcha. that we wanted to get rid of, right? Yeah. We're all and and what was wonderful was like for example, uh, one person named Caitlin who is wonderful and just a badass. She. Um, she was immunocom, I guess still is immunocompromised. And so she, I don't know how she heard about us. And uh, she reached out because she needed groceries. And so someone else who I have no problem name dropping named Thomas, who uh, is just like an incredible human, worked on the AOC uh, reelection campaign, whatever, he's amazing. He went and delivered her and she emailed our shared account being like, Thomas was so amazing. I just really want to thank this organization. You guys are amazing. And so I emailed her back and I'm like, hey, would, would you be interested in like being more involved? And she's like, yeah, maybe. And then, you know, a few weeks left and I followed up and anyway, she ended up being super active. And so the point being that like, you know, people like with her money, cause she, she can't be like going to people. She's immunocompromised. So she was, she was an organizer from home, Okay. which was what I was doing for a couple months when I was, I was very locked down. Um, just emailing and organizing over the internet. Yeah, fo- and like phone calls, calling yeah. grocery stores, getting, trying to get them to donate. Um, yeah, like doing orientations for new, new people signed up, uh, creating flyers, uh, running meetings, and, uh, and, and, and also just like uh, answering phone. We call it dispatch, it's called uh, aid coordination. So people, we, had, we created a Google number where people could call uh, or they would fill out our form online. We would look at the map, see who lived nearby, because an important part of the, the uh, 
the vision was that you would actually be helped by someone who lived very close so you could actually right. build a relationship nearby neighbors yeah yeah uh and also we tried to be like hands off we tried to connect people and be like go do your thing because mutual aid is has to be decentralized centralized systems gives us what we have now and Charity. it sucks right um and i mean it's fundamentally it's an, an like anarchist i know Whoa. scary word yeah it is right? yeah right before and before i got into this i had the image that probably you have which is when i say anarchist which is like a guy in a black mask yeah. or a molotov cocktail yes fire is always involved in anarchy right yes, of <laughs> right. Course. yes right. something's burning down yeah, yeah yeah right um but but anarchy anarchism let's say that anarchism, anarchism. is is basically a belief that like we can take we can take care of ourselves. Yeah, we don't we don't do need this central yeah. central body of full time professional people who runs the world around us. And here's what's really interesting: it's only made possible, I believe, by modernity. So anarchism, like fifty, a hundred years ago, wasn't possible because yeah. actually, to make the world run, we needed to be working forty plus hours. Currently, we don't. We do not. Currently, there's so yeah. much efficiency and wealth and value in the world. We do not need to be working that much. And so... And with what, the internet, you can be using that as a... It's so easy to get things done that need to get done. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, there, and so the, the... Obviously, for the people who like run the economy and the world and benefit from it, they want everyone to be, you know, maxed out 40, 60 hours a week. But in reality, like we can have all of our material needs met by working maybe 20 hours a week and those extra 20 hours a week if we spent that taking care of each other and and being active in our communities in governing in our communities whether it's educating whether it's beautification or policing right if we police ourselves nice, nice. yeah right then we don't need this sort of central body of police, yeah, right. Of, of policing or, or really anything. Yeah. What we need is, you know, local communities, and then we need some sort of an entity that kind of governs interactions between the community. To make sure everyone's taking care of each other in like an, an actual good way. Yeah. Well, or... Right? Like if someone's screwing someone over, taking well, the, all the groceries for themselves. Well, yeah. the idea is that the community of 100, 150 people would take care of itself right right you don't need an authority you have these systems that are still being developed which is also very interesting of like transformative justice and restorative justice um but i you know my image of like a centralized government is you know say community santa fe community can't grow apples and they just got to have apples right. then you know centralized government d determines how they get apples from oregon Right. For example. Yeah. Um, but like the day to day life and I, I think probably there are going to be people who listen to this and and are like, well, that is, you know, what about this and what about this and what about this? And I agree. It's not fully planned out. But yeah. I, my response would be that you lack imagination. Isn't it worth a try? Yeah. Can we just give it a shot? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Right. Let's let's find those failures in real time instead of. Right. Because it's like. Won't the failure be better than whatever we have going on now? A lot of people would probably say no, because people are people like what they know. But I, I, I would maybe, I think about like the um, the American Revolution, and think about obviously let's set aside all the terrible things about you know the founders and you know uh, slave owners, yep. and we'll set this aside for a second uh, when 
the 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 groundswell of support for the American Revolution start happening, they didn't know what the U.S. Constitution was going to look like. Right. That wasn't written until what, like eight years later? They 1780s, 87. Yes, yeah, 11 years later. Yeah. They weren't like, you know, people weren't sitting around and saying, well, I don't know about this revolution. What's your plan? What are these United <laughs> States going to look like? I, I don't think I can get on board. Right? They're like, well, this system fucking sucks. Right. We need a new system. Whatever it is, we'll figure it out. Yeah. That's really well put. That's really well put. Um, so how long were you there? What, what, like, how, how did this pan out for you? Because like you were what, there for six months right or here something? in Santa Fe. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was doing that for like, I was hardcore probably 30 to 50 hours a week, maybe for three months. Um, sort of started tapering out a little bit. Oh, right. I, I mentioned to you at my stranger danger about the uh, characteristics of white supremacy. That, oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. I think I mentioned urgency. Yes, urgency yeah. is, is a characteristic of white supremacy. So it's like the idea of pushing it further and further, faster and faster yeah. becomes fascist or something like that, right? Or like it becomes... <laughs> sorry, it becomes... It's not good. It, well, it's, it's, just, it's just like... Uh, yeah, no, it's it's not good because it, it, that particular trait of that cultural trait is what we have in the world around us, uh, and it leaves out a huge swaths of people. Uh, and not only that, even if it didn't leave anyone out, it's a culture that destroys the planet, right? Which, like, yeah, that demonstrably destroys the planet. It's I mean, it's being destroyed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A and. Like you cannot argue that the growth for the sake of growth must, without fail, destroy the resources around us. And capitalism is based on, I mean, a lot of things, but one of them being credit. Credit means borrowing from the future. Right. In order to borrow to from the future, it needs to be bigger in the future. Yeah. You can't get around it. And that's why the biggest capitalists around, like Elon Musk, want to colonize Mars right. because that's how we grow. We got to go somewhere else. Yeah, this, this planet is done. Eventually it's done. We're going to waste it all up. We're going to use it up like a, like a big jawbreaker. It'll be sucked down to its center. Keep going. You got any more? Sucked all the way down like a candy ball. Yeah, you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut that one. <laughs> um, so is this new iteration of your life where you're traveling around, you, f you find it falling a little bit short of, like, you're not helping everybody all the time? I, I, I don't know how many people I'm helping at all. Yeah. I, did we talk about a delusion? I, t I told I said delusions of grandeur last time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe tell that me, was me. off record. <laughs> I think that was delusions off of grandeur. I think we both have. De everyone has delusions. Of course, well, yeah. Maybe not everyone. I mean, definitely anybody with an Instagram has delusions of grandeur. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially at TikTok. Oh yeah, TikTok even more so. Hundred thousand. Do you want to plug views. your handle? What's your handle? Um, at Down by the River Pod, I think on TikTok. On TikTok. Yeah. Although it'll just the thing is TikTok will just, will just magically appear in your feed if it's meant for you. On your for you page, it's a lot of faith in the Chinese it's authorities. So amazing, yeah. I mean, it's an AI. It's an AI algorithm. It like figures out what you like, and it does. Like, it knows I have ADHD. I have no idea how, but it started showing me ADHD videos, and I'm like, I was watching them all the way through, liking them and following, and then now it knows I love ADHD videos, and now I'm watching ADHD one minute long ADHD videos. Okay. So setting aside the fact that it seems to me that the entire platform is built for people with ADHD. Oh yeah. Baby. What are ADHD videos? They're like talking about like coping with your ADHD, oh. 
figuring out how like what strategies to use to like to like work because like the idea of ADHD is like is that like you're falling short of some sort of metric that is very capitalist and very like nine to five centric and whatever it's like yeah you can't do your job for eight hours straight it's like who can do a job for eight hours straight it's like it's very much like not part of our animal brain to be able to do like eight hours of boring work like it's like okay you have this weird disease where you're bored easily by boring things it's like yeah, I don't know. God, what a freak exactly it's so it's like they they talk, they call it like you know there's in europe they call it like a variable attention syndrome or something like that it's like a different thing it doesn't have as negative connotation as like a disorder it's just like you have a variable attention span it's variable based on what you're what you're passionate about so like i can i can i can do stuff like for the podcast and for comedy i can focus on that for hours at, on end into the night days on end i can hyper focus you know but it's in school, I was, like, just doing enough to get by. I was doing uh-huh. the bare minimum at the last minute. Like, how many hours will it take for me to get a B in this paper? Okay, well, I will start the paper that many hours before it's due. Like, that's That's pretty normal. Exactly. I think ADHD is normal. I'm, like, I'm not even sure how, how, how uncommon it is. You know what I mean? Like, it could be everyone has it. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, so there, there's, that's like, the, the there's two there, – I, I feel bad about myself when people – uh, mostly on Instagram because that's how I consume things nowadays. What's interesting actually is before the pandemic started, I was not a huge Instagram like consumer or follower. I don't know what happened. God, how far I followed. Because you're lonely. It's a little window. You can see the world through. I guess. Um, and But there are people who love to, um, you know, talk about like their ADHD and how it's misunderstood and like people um, like this is, this is a real disorder and this, you know, kind of making feel people feel better that, you know, this is why you're failing in life because you actually have ADHD and that, right, like, a it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other hand, what my belief is kind of what you were hinting at, which is that, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say this tongue in cheek, ADHD doesn't exist. I agree. Uh, and, and, and I, and I say that, actually with kindness, which is that you're not the, you're not, you know, making it up. You're not, not, this, the not disordered either. Right. Not, yeah. Like, the the yeah. point. So what I realized is that so many common, like DSM pathologized disorders. I, I like to think generally like, you know, ADHD, depression, anxiety, uh, I'm sure lots of others are a, uh, in most cases, I don't want to say all. Sure. Um, in most cases, a function of um, the normal human psyche butting against the abnormal, unnatural system that we have created. Absolutely. Right. It's, like, it's, sit the fuck down and do your studies yeah, because right. capitalism demands it. Yeah, right. Well, now you're broken because you can't do it. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you're measuring them against this impossible standard, which we, it's necessary for capitalism. Right. It's It's... Humanity butting up against capitalism. It's it's the not even humanity, right? It's human like, psyche. The human psyche, the animal psyche in us, the the hunter gatherer, right? Where it's like, I've heard psychologists be like, well, you know, in the past, like it's like you should have a very variable attention span. You should not be able to focus on one stupid task because there's lions coming. You know what I mean? Or like there's food. You got to go get food. You should be like looking for food all the time. Always be. Head on a swivel looking for a berry bush. Always. You should be whatever you're doing. If you're walking to go on a hunt, but also you're looking for berries. Hey, there's some berries there too. You're off track, but hey, you don't have berries. You know what I mean? Like, so it's yeah. like me going off track that used to be very good. 
because now I'm discovering a new water source or I'm finding a bunch of berries or I'm, you know, like finding a nice place for shelter. But now it's I'm on YouTube looking at videos I shouldn't be looking at, <laughs> you know, because I'm supposed to be doing some other work, you know. Um, I've been unemployed for over a year, so no one's no one's asking me to do anything. So it's kind of I'm my own boss and um, I'm a terrible uh, manager. Uh, but that's fine because you're just being human. Yeah. And, right. it's, and, and like we in order to keep people in line and again to, you know, villainize the ruling class or whatever, you need to tell them that there's actually some you're actually a, like bad at being human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't do what I need you to do, which is right. build widgets. Right. What's wrong with you? We need, we need to give this, we need to give whatever this is a name. Right. And then yeah. when you fully internalize the fact that there's something wrong with you because you can't build widgets, then you get depressed. <laughs> well, the, or you're depressed because you've been staring at a computer for eight hours and you haven't seen the sun or spent time with your family or been able to pursue any of your passions sure. for most of your waking hours. Sure. So that's going to make you a little bit blue, perhaps. <laughs> That might, might put a damper on the old mood if your whole life is absurdly unconnected to what makes you Reality. actually happy. Yeah. If you only have one half of your waking hours to both nourish yourself, get exercise, sunlight, and you know, determine your passions. Like, um, that's going to make you a little anxious in my opinion and depressed. Well, yeah. And talk about anxiety. Like, you know, anxiety is, is a very natural experience that we have when faced with something that actually causes anxiety. Like, right. you know, where am I going to eat? Or there's a drought. How are we going to get water? Right. Or there's an animal over there. And we've created a society that feeds on anxiety. Like, are you feeling fat? <laughs> right? Yeah. Or like, you Will know, you be you're alone forever. Doing, yeah. You're not doing as well as the person over there. Yeah, Get right, to work. Right. Well, no shit, you're going to feel anxious. And a lot of people feel anxious all the time because of that. Right. Because that, I mean, they want to keep you. They want to keep you anxious. It's good. That makes you a good consumer. Because you're like, well, I better buy. I better buy this new um, dinette set because it's going to make me, uh, you know, keep up with my neighbors who have a nice dinette, dinette set. I think it's a, what is it? Is that a table? Dinette what set? Is, di is that, dinette set? Is that the like eight plates and eight forks thing? I think thing? so. But also I'm picturing a table. I'm picturing like the bre a breakfast, uh, the, the, the bed and breakfast, the yes. breakfast and bed thing. Tall glass dinette. for juice, short glass for milk, spoon, knife, oatmeal bowl, plate, small plate for toast. Yeah. Um, Look at that. Who sold us that idea? This image. You need a different plate for everything. Uh, it's just, just this image that we have. <laughs> we both have the same yeah. image. Who, someone sold that. Kellogg's well-balanced breakfast. So you have your you have your frosted flakes, and you also have a little a little uh, bowl of fruit, and you also have like bacon and eggs. It was like a very it was a lot going on with that well balanced. Did breakfast. you ever notice? Uh, did you ever notice in breakfast cereal commercials, some of them would say part of a well balanced breakfast, yeah. and then other ones would say part of a good breakfast. No. And I and I always assume that the part of a good breakfast are just like the shit cereals, like Lucky Charms. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it, no, it's just like good you enough. like it. You're gonna like it. You like it, don't you? You fat little pig. <laughs> Exactly. Oink, oink, oink. Suey. <laughs> Come, feed at the trough. Oh, Come get your slop. Um, let me ask you about the van, dude. About the van sure. life. About that aspect of it. You're, you're, you made a sink. You have, you have stuff in your... Your van is the same size as mine, but you have more stuff than me. You have more headroom. I have more headroom. I can sit up in my bed. You can sit up in your bed, can't you? Sort of like that. A little bit, little bit cocked to the side, yeah. But you can also fold your bed into a couch. Uh, do you ever when do I, that? when I decide when I designed it, that was my idea, but it, it's just too inconvenient. So I just, yes. I fold it up and I sit on the floor. Yes. Meditate. Um, 
Yes, that I that failed makes me happy. my design. Yes, okay. I mean, like, it makes me happy for being, like, because all I did was build a platform. That's all I did for my van. Like, and I, like, I, like, I'm, like, I feel like a rebel against all the YouTube van lifers who have, like, a sink and a shower and a toilet and a fridge. And um, a lot of money. And, and a lot of fucking money and time. Um, money or time. I mean, like, you can just buy a fully equipped van or you can have, like, a little bit of money and a lot of time or whatever. You know what I mean? A good amount. Yeah, of money. no, I get well, but, like forty but, grand. But still, yeah, like to install. What, even if you have a lot of time to install a, a a van sink and pretty countertops, you need to buy that. Shit. Yeah, it's you expensive. can't just salvage it. Right. Um, you have a sink. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. have like a a pump. Yeah. A solar powered pump or something like that. Like that. No, like? I mean it's it's battery powered. Yeah. Um, you have the bucket. Toilet. I, I do. Are you using I, that? I, I've used it twice, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I usually two Zs in the woodsies. Nice. Okay, cool. Which which I have really taken to. I enjoy it's nice, it. right? It I actually, nice. I've never done it before. Isn't that funny? Get yourself I a trial, man. I still have not done it. Well, I've never needed to. I've always like been like, first of all, I almost always get coffee somewhere. And when I drink my coffee, I uh, sometimes need to go number two pretty quickly after that. And I'm usually in a place of the toilet. You know what I mean? Like, so you're buying coffee. I right. do buy coffee. Yeah. I make my own coffee. It's good to make your own coffee. Hot coffee? Yeah. You have a... Uh, you know, like, honestly, I'm sometimes just lazy. I have, I have the stove. Yeah. Uh, and then I also have a, a hot water, like, heating element that you can plug into the socket, um, which does it fine. It's warm enough. I mean, it, it gets hot. It just takes, like, 25 minutes. Yeah. So Yeah, mine, too. Mine, yeah, my, I have, have a kettle in my, in my thing, and it takes, like, 25 minutes to boil. Yeah. It's a long time to wait for coffee. Yeah, but just like buying coffee at a place is not really cheap. expensive. Yeah. I know. It adds up. But then I'm always like, I'm also buying a place to hang out for three hours. And a place to take a dump. And a place to take it up. So it's like, that's worth it. And I, but I still, I mean, like, it's on, the, it's on my, pardon the pun, bucket list to poop in the woods at some point. So you haven't been Never. boondocking? I have been... No, I've been like, I mean, in all, I mean, I guess I've been boondocking, like, but like in a city most of the time. I think, uh, I guess it depends on which hoity-toity van life website you're reading, but I, I've seen people define boondocking only as like in nature, gotcha, primitive camping in yeah. your vehicle. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, yeah, I've seen people, like RV people. It's like they're boondocking whenever they're not hooked up to like electricity and plumbing. Um, but like, yeah, so like I'm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm almost never boondocking. Actually, well, I was in when I was in Moab, Utah, for two weeks. I was boondocking, but I was on a BLM sort of campsite, free campsite, porta potty. That's yeah, um, porta potty. Honestly, the first time I and it actually was not too long ago, but the first time I boondocked like open BLM land was just actually it's funny. The first time I did it. Uh, it was like 8 a.m. and Border Patrol pulled up and it was a whole... Oh, my God. Tell me the Border Patrol story. You put that on Instagram. Tell me the Border Patrol story. It was just... It was dumb. I Like, I just... You were where? Were you Texas? West Texas? I was in southern New Mexico. Okay. Within 100 uh, uh, air miles of the border. Okay. Which is Border Patrol's jurisdiction. And um, I think I had just finished meditating or maybe I just like peed and the two border patrol SUVs were kind of like driving on the road that I just pulled off. It was dirt road. It was maybe, I don't know, half mile from the highway. And I thought they were just going to pull by. I waved them and they like stopped and they came out and it was like, how's it going? What are you up to? And I'm like, I'm just, just camping. This is, this is, um, BLM, BLM land. land, right? 
and one of them was like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and they, they were like, can I mind if we ask you some questions? And I'm like, oh, okay. And I started like freaking out because this is the first time. And I'm like, oh, shit. I, yeah, right. Uh, You're a bit anti-authoritarian, aren't you? I would think you are. I mean, to a certain extent, fuck Border Patrol. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, that's an interesting conversation because like borders are fucked, but also, uh, yeah. Hold no, that, borders hold are that thought right there. Borders are fucked. Yeah, so fuck border patrol. Fuck border patrol. So the border patrol. Fuck border patrol. <laughs> so fuck them all the way to hell. Um, right. So they pulled up and they said, "Can yeah, I ask so you two questions?" Right. Yeah. So the and they're and you demurred to their authority because you're a no. Because yeah, because like you know, self-preservation instinct. Yep. No, I would do the same thing. Um, and and you know, let me say it right up front. I'm very fortunate that I have this skin color. Yes, and, which and is white. Yes, that I that I'm a white Although man. The, the mustache and the tan, you can come uh, come across a little Latino, perhaps. I think probably not. Perhaps maybe uh, Cubano. I think I think uh, someone that I respect and follow on Instagram says there's no such thing as white passing, uh, which because like white races is race is defined by what the world perceives you as. Right. So if the world thinks you're white, you are white. You are white. You might as well be white. Right? Yeah. Like, there's no cultural identification. There's no ethnic identification of whiteness. Yes. Which is part of the problem of whiteness because people, like, then in order to define whiteness, you're like, well, white people are of Nordic and, and Viking <laughs> descendants and, you know, allow no colored blood in their systems. So anyway, um, your white privileged ass yeah, is fine. talking to these border patrol agents. Yeah, so, yeah, like, the guy was like, trying to make conversation he seemed like kind of a newbie uh okay. and uh, he was just like geez like what have you been up to how long you've been here is that your vehicle uh can i uh do you have identification i'm like yeah it's in there it's in my wallet and he and and he's like oh don't don't walk towards the vehicle I'm like, <laughs> do you mind if i get it for you i'm like oh yeah, sure yeah it's it's over there and he's like uh, and so he, he got it and, uh, and he pulled that out and he was looking at it. He's like, oh, we're, we're just running your plates. Uh, and I'm, t and there's, there's another V. So there's four folks, four people overall. One, one guy is, has like an, he's like Latino for sure. Okay. has an accent. Uh, and then there's a woman who's standing over there. Uh, and he's, and then he's like, then he's looking at my ID and then he asked me for my social, my social security number. And I was like, I, I, I'm curious if you, this has been baked into you too, but like, it's like, you don't give your social out to anyone. No, 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 no. You get to your employer and that's, and then the government, if they ask for it. Well, I mean, he's the government. Uh, I guess you're right. Damn. You and, but, but I was like, are you like, do you really need that? Like, need I'm it. not comfortable. And he's like, yeah, we just got to, you know, did he, How I think, I think gonna, he asked, yeah. I think he's like, we got to make sure you're a citizen or something like that. I guess he wouldn't be like stealing your identity. That would be kind of a weird right, way to do it. Right. And yeah. he's got his little notebook out and the other guy, and I was like hemming and hawing about that because I'm uncomfortable. The other guy who seemed more senior came in and he was like, Hey, let me see his ID. And he like looked at it. Um, I don't think the other guy even wrote down my social when I gave it to him. And he like, he's like, you're, you're fine. You're not doing anything wrong. You're fine. Like how long are you going to be here? And I'm like, I'm not sure. And he, and he said, you know, we'd like to know so that if, if we, if someone encounters you again, we'll know not to bother you. Oh, like I, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I probably, after this, I'm probably not staying here. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're not making it seem really chill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, the, the more senior guy was just like, it, 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 you're fine, not doing anything wrong, it's okay. But I, I you know, just totally confide in them. I'm like, this kind of, this kind of sucked. 
Like I'm like all amped up. I'm like stressed. Well, yeah, it made you feel all, yeah right. You got your heart rate going. Yeah. So afterwards, I looked. Uh, I looked online, and I I think they are allowed to ask for social. The, I think technically they're allowed to ask que any questions to establish your citizenship. citizenship. Which that that concept is just fucked. I know. It feels like I, like in solidarity with um, with our um, uh, undocumented uh, friends, you should do something and be like. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, do you get this fantasy? Every time I get pulled over, any, any interaction with the law, the rest of the day I'm fantasizing, fantasizing about what I could have done to be like more cool and like anti-establishment about my interaction. Right, but you're never actually gonna but do like, it. Like, sir, do you have a warrant, sir? Am I, am I, by, am I being detained, sir? Right. And then you, the right. idea. Am I free to go? Am I free to go? The idea when the, when the lawyer comes in and he goes like, "Get the hell out!" He talks to the cops that they're assholes, which they are. You know, like he's like, "Get out of here! Leave my client alone!" Like that's the best feeling ever. Where it's like, someone you do have rights. You've got power over these people. Yeah, but you pay their salary, man. But you, the thing is, you need to know them really well because if you if you try to be an asshole, you could cross some line. Right, some break some law. Yeah, and you're always breaking some law, probably. Well, sure, yeah, uh, and just like you know, if you if you are an asshole and you know, say, talk to my lawyer, or whatever, you could there could be some sort of you know, maybe your window is slightly open and exactly. they see something and now they probably cause to search your car and then they find weed and maybe you're in Arizona where weed is legal but you're actually on BLM land which is federal land yeah. and so it's a federal crime. It's like it's there's so many little right. slip ups. They're giving you they're giving you a lot of there's giving you like some some grace but all that grace would go away sort of being combative. Yeah, yeah, so you have to suck up to them. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to admit, but like you know, I definitely lean on my privilege. Me too. Yeah. In those moments, uh, and <laughs> officer, thank you, sir. Goodbye. Yeah. You say thank you and please. You know when you say thank you to them, it's like. I'm always like, next time I get a ticket, I'm not gonna say thank you to the guy who gave me a ticket. Like I don't, I don't, I don't thank him. I don't think that was worth thinking. You know what I mean? So I, I actually don't have a lot of. Uh, I can't really relate to this because I don't think I've ever been pulled over except for one funny story long ago. But um, no, have you been pulled over? Well, I'm, I had a recently? bad. Yeah, I got a ticket. Um, ironically, I got a ticket like when I was driving just near home. Like I did, I put on fifteen thousand miles in my van. I haven't been pulled over in the van, but I pulled over in my dad's car when I was driving my brother from Pennsylvania to New York, like on a short little four-hour drive. Um, speeding ticket. I was going eighty and sixty-five. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I had a bad car in high school. It had like a tail light out all the time. And then we found out that the, the plates didn't match the registration. My dad had just changed the plates to new plates and didn't change the registration to match the plates. And so it looked like a stolen vehicle. Um, and also had a bunch of beer in there and uh, seven drunk high schoolers. But <laughs> And I was 25. No, I'm kidding. I was, I was in high school too. Okay. Um, but uh, I, so I got pulled over like – I think it was like – I've been pulled over like 10 times. Wow. Yeah, because the bad car – um, combined with like normal speeding as a teen plus the bet just like the, having the bad car at various times full of like I just don't like trouble trouble yeah apparently yeah huh so I yeah. always I've I and every time I think about like oh I, should, I, I mean I always I almost always got off like with a warning or like a, what the hell are you doing here you know yeah but uh anyway how what, when did you what was the funny story about you getting pulled over so when I was um I don't know 18 I think or no, I think it was the summer before college. Yeah, so I guess I was 18. Um, I was nannying, essentially, for... Uh, there There were, I think, six kids in the family, and I was wow. like taking care of the, I don't know, the youngest three or four. And uh, I had... I was driving my boss's minivan, 
and I think three of the kids were in the back or something and I got pulled over. Um, and, and the guy was like, like came up and he was very skeptical of me because the license plate, uh, said six great kids. It was the license plate. He, and he had actually misread that as six grandkids. Okay. And he, he looked at me, he's like, do you, you don't seem like you have six grandkids. Uh, and he was just very suspicious. Okay. Oh, and, and I also, it was a vanity plate that said six great kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a vanity plate. She's a dentist. Uh, I don't know why that's relevant. <laughs> you know how dentists are. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and also, I think just before getting pulled over, I was doing a thing with the kids because they found it entertaining where I was, like, tapping the brakes along with the music. <laughs> I was kind of freaked out. Um, but the guy chatted me with a little bit. I think I had a brake light out or something like that. And that was it. I explained to him. Okay. You know. Grand kids? These aren't your grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. You're not your grandkids. Okay. I also wasn't sure. Also, I still am not sure. Was it legal for me to be driving that car? You can I drive someone else's car, dude. Well, what about insurance? Is it like don't don't people have to be on the policy? Most people's insurance. Oh yeah, you might be right. Yeah, depends on the insurance policy. Well, the car needs to be insured. That's part. Sure. That's the law. Then I think it's up to, up to you whether or not you insure the drivers of the car. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think it's like, come on, this is America. You can drive someone else's car. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, screw them. You know. Um, what a rebel you are. I feel I'm, I'm a rebel in theory only. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's try to be practical responsible rebellious. rebels. Yeah. yeah. Or like, like smart rebels. Like I don't think getting arrested when I was in New Mexico, was it? Yeah. New Me- getting, getting arrested by border patrol for whatever asshat reason would have been any sort of productive thing for right. anyone. Right. I think that there are other things that I could and should be doing. Yeah. Every time I see a cop, I always stare him down. Does that help? I just look at him as if to say, I'm watching you, buddy. I don't smile. What, what do you think about cops, particularly in light of the, uh, the last <laughs> nine months? Um, I was super into the defund the police thing. Defund the police. Oh, yeah? Put that money into other stuff. Like, that was a no-brainer to me. It's like police are responding to things they don't need to be responding to, and they don't have the – they clearly don't have the capability to deal with all these situations. Um, guys with guns – aren't the right people to send to a lot of situations. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, what are you going to do about all the racists? Sorry, the rapists. The rapists. <laughs> I don't know. As I'm, the racists say. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's the the, the good response to that. Uh, the mostly good response to that is that the vast majority of rape cases are n- neither raised in the first place nor pursued, nor prosecuted. Wow, yeah. Right, vast majority. Right. So, yeah, I think there's a question of like, okay, you know, maybe it's 2% of actual rape, rapes that occur uh, is the perpetrator brought to justice. So what, what happens to those 2%? Are, are we not gonna, well, what if we could conceive of a community justice system where actually maybe it's 3%? Wouldn't you want, one more percentage point of rapists brought to justice. Yes. Yeah. Right. We could do better than 2% for sure. I don't know. Don't um, quote me on that number, but I think it's something like that. I think we could, we could do. Yeah. I think you do need somebody to call when someone, something, someone's being violent and dangerous. You could just bring, you know, people to come and help you with those people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like defend yeah. you against those people. But whatever. And it should be it. Why, yeah. why can't it be just like the people that you know in your community. I don't know. Like, why does it have to be this military force? You know, when you live in Brooklyn, this military force who has a house in Long Island. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, I, yeah, we're on the same page. Defund them. Yeah, that's less. They should have less money, no doubt. I mean, that makes so much sense to me. Um, so that was the end of that story with the yeah, water patrol. It. What do you did you uh, What have you learned in the with the van? Because we we're, we're both in a van. I wanted to make sure we I address that before we get out of here. What have you learned living in a van, man? What did you wish you had? What do you, What do you wish you had? A shower? Toilet? Have, how often do you shower? Every three days. Really? Yeah. Oh, because you're not you're not roughing it. You have places to I'm usually oh. crashing with somebody or if I'm like totally on my own, I'll get a hotel once a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, or I borrow a shower like from somebody I kind of, I usually know, I usually am with somebody I kind of know at some point, you know? Okay. Uh, How about you? Uh, it, I mean, now that I'm, I'm at a place for a few weeks, I right. plan on showering every three days or so. Yeah, nice. Uh, the, but in the place I was at in Texas, um, I didn't shower for a bit and then the wolf, the wolf place. Yeah. The wolf place. And then, and then the polar vortex said, and, <laughs> uh, like we didn't have water and, <laughs> and there were goats living in the bathroom. Oh my God. I so, know. God, uh, that story is amazing. Yeah. So after a while your scalp gets itchy, uh, which is, that's the most unpleasant or like just, you get itchy because you, you have all the skin, yeah, dead yeah. skin on you. So that's, um, but other than that, you know, I don't need to be presentable. Yeah, right. Who cares? Yeah, I'm not gonna stink. I don't know. I I do. I I'm a big wipe down guy. You use wipes, wet yeah, wipes. Yeah, baby wipe Great. bath. Yeah, fantastic. Um, when people ask you, that's the number one question: is how do you shower? How do you answer that question? I don't know. Uh, what business is it of yours? How do you shower, man? <laughs> they go in my house. What do you? In my house. Great. I d don't ask me how I shower in my house. Okay. Weird. <laughs> I thought we were friends. I'm just curious. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, so you come at him hard. It's your solution. <laughs> you go, how do you shower? No man? one. Because no. I'm getting annoyed by it. I, you know, it's you're like, getting that question all the time. It's the number one question. Number one. Where do you shower? Huh? I who are, from who? And all my friends and people I meet. Anyone, girls I meet who when I tell them I live in a van. You know, which I get. Well, that that I get. <laughs> You should make sure you. My body's going to be near yours, perhaps. I'm, I'm seeing how close I want my body to be to yours, you, and I should. How much do you shower? That's fine. No, I mean, well, you need to emphasize your baby wipe game. Yeah. <laughs> on that, uh, I yeah, I'll say like yeah, baby wipe showers. Yeah. But, you know, we don't need to. We're over sterilized. Thank you. I had a big argument with somebody about washing legs the other day. She goes, "You don't wash your legs, do you?" And I go, "No." You know, here's legs. the thing about legs. Uh, this, this may be easily debunked, but I have a belief that dirt flows down my body. And so that like the very bottoms of my legs are the dirtiest. Yeah. Well, I think it's coming. It's cause you're, you're hitting your feet and your ankles. Well, sure. The feet and ankles, but yeah. like, I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like the dirt kind legs. of migrates down. Yeah. Of course I wash my legs. Yeah. 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 You got it. Well, I let it, I mean, I wash. I wash, I wash all the crevices. And everything else kind of happens by uh, like runoff. Runoff. By runoff. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely rinse my legs every single time. Do I put soap on every square inch of the legs and scrub? No. I think the scrubbing is more important than the soap the yeah. because the dead, dead skin. skin. Yeah. By the way, do you moisture? Because like in, no. in these climates, your hands look fine. I, Mine I are got, getting a little dry, actually. Yeah, you got to moisturize. Yeah, I have some lotion. I should use it to moisturize. <laughs> I should use it for moisturizing my body. Um, I do have it. I should use it for that. Um, 
I'm I'm impressed that you have that you. Uh, yeah, you're impressed. I'm just impressed. Don't act like you're not impressed. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, what do you think? What, what else do we? Uh, talk, what do you, What do you? What's your? You don't know how long you're going to be in in the, in the van doing your thing. You don't have any plans right now. I. Yeah, I have, I have a vague idea of like going to uh, get a master's in social work. Cool, you should do that. But, You're very but, smart. But I see you in academia. Oh, in academia. Yeah. yeah. No, they're uh, like yeah, PhD in um, like it's evolutionary for ideal- psychology. Greatest for, for idealists who can't live in the real world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Smart idealists who can't live in the real world. Intellectuals. <laughs> no, that's but that that's exactly like the issue because I I I want to reach people and inspire people to uh, make changes, make intentional changes in their lives. Uh, So yeah, I don't know, man. Like I am I'm working the things that I'm doing right now around like woofing and, and uh, yeah, I guess mostly woofing are like lifestyle things. They I'm learning the skills that I would like to have to be able to live in, you know, this fantasy of an intentional community, a commune or whatever. Yeah. But that's all lifestyle stuff. I, I don't envision just like full time raising chickens on a commune. I right. want to okay. have a thing that I contribute to humanity. And then my lifestyle is raising chickens on a commune. Or whatever. Gotcha. And the full time contribution to humanity. I don't know. Like I, I, I know what I know. I, I think I have good ideas and, um, but I just don't, I don't really know how to get that un, out into the world. So I'm, I'm hoping for, I'm, I'm trying to trust in the process. I'm trying to do one foot in front of the other nice. and have some faith that things happen. I don't know, man, your poor girlfriend, you you have no plans. I mean like girlfriends love plans. Girlfriends like long-term. That's a, that is a vast oversimplification. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a struggle. I think it's a struggle with any relationship. I mean, like, my mom is panicking because right. I don't, she doesn't. People I, I, in your life want to know what you're going to be doing. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, yeah, my, my partner is, uh, she wants to get a PhD. She's in a counseling program right now. She wants to get a PhD. She doesn't know where she'll be. Okay. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we just have, like, faith in uh our way of relating communication mutual respect I like that. um love and and uh yeah i mean we're like we're not we're you know ethically non-monogamous nice um which that by itself requires a lot of communication and also like i've done long distance relationships in the past that it just just really fucking sucks I agree. Um, but when you kind of put that like illusion of monogamy to the side and are able to like truly appreciate the relationship that you have and love each other, whether you're far or near without this, these ideas of the, the fear of like loss from yeah. uh, you know, going out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then it, I think, um, it, it opens a lot more doors for, for being able to maintain a really special, important relationship. Nice. What is the mysticism in two minutes or less? I think, I mean, I think it's all this. Okay. I, I think, so the, the wandering mystic uh, image came from just activities that I would enjoy doing at, at like Burning Man um, 
events, which is that I would often just kind of wander around alone. Um, I don't think the particular with, with the vapor rub. Yeah, right. With men, with, with various menthol. gifts. Yeah, <laughs> Vicks. Yeah. Um, Vicks. Yeah. I think people just didn't really, I had different interests in people, not the same pace. There's sometimes I would wander with other people, but it would often, I would just like wander around and meet people and, you know, share in jokes, maybe give people a hand and then go on my way and provide wisdom. There are lots of people. I remember this. What one. is mysticism to you? Just non-reality. To me, it's non-reality, but that can't be right. That can't be, I don't, I don't think I have the right definition of mysticism. Hmm. I think I, I I guess I haven't thought of like a mystic in uh vis-a-vis the word mysticism. Okay. Um What's mis- a mystic then? Or go ahead. Yeah, I, I think a mystic is like a uh oh, what's a peripatetic. Do you know that word? No. It it apparent it's like it's like a it's basically a wandering mystic. It's gotcha. like it's a person who just like wanders, um, and a, a mystic is like a person. Para is that like para, like para, para, like walking? P e r i. Peri. I I don't. Peripatetic. I can't break that apart. Don't quote me. Um, wandering is the most important part. I guess no, but like the the, the mystic is about having like wisdom. Uh, I often when I'm feeling particularly bold and or sassy, will offer people, um, I'll see people in a, in a way that is like very uh, intimate and in a way that like everyone has these images that we put out there. Um, and I think I kind of tell it how it is. And I try to offer advice, guidance and like love and support okay. in uh, like in a realm that most people don't encounter it. The mystical realm. Right. A spirit, spiritual in the spiritual side of things, whether like physical or economic or yeah. social. And it's not like, it's not metaphysical. It's not like supernatural, but I, th- I see it. At, like for me, it's very natural. It's just like core. What do we want and need yeah. as humans? Yeah. I like, for example, I think you're trying to, uh, you know, you're a people pleaser yep. as, as we discussed. I said that. Yes. Um, and I think that you have a lot of depth. I think you're, you're very thoughtful. I think I find it a little bit strange that you're trying to like, um, fit the, the depth that you have into this vaguely like superficial medium of comedy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Like, you know, like one offs, like kind of like witty, like quick, quick, quick. Right. Right. And, and I know I can tell you have like a lot of, you know, deep gears, wheels turning. Yeah. And, um, I suspect that your, your comedy urge feeds some conditioned needs that you have around people pleasing it feels good you like making people laugh you also enjoy the banter you enjoy like the high energy but also i think you have a lot more like depth and i would encourage you to if there's a a possibility to like push through the adhd to maybe find some sort of like a grounding practice um like a, like a calming, I mean, I, I would say meditation, but yeah. it could be any sort of, uh, you know, tai, uh, tai Chi, Qigong. It could be, um, just breathing exercises. It could be yoga, but yeah. like settling, right? Cause like you have the I feel the, unsettled. No, 
No, you don't feel I unsettled. Think should be settled. But I, no, I, I, no, I, I just, I think it might, it might help to feed your depth. Yeah. So I, I don't know if, That's I don't good. know how spot on that is or, but like the, and I'm sure I could give you more, you know, analysis after we talk about your family relationships. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I guess maybe that's a little bit of the mysticism. That's kind of thing that you, you're exactly, you're, you're, you're kind of thinking, connecting and reading with people and yeah. And you, yeah. And I, and I feel that, I feel that with you when I talk to you right away, felt it right away, the depth and the understanding you get, you get it, you gathered it, you gather what's going on. You have, you have, you're perceptive. So with that, let me say the, the one, um, this isn't like an end to my travels, but the one, one thing that I'm thinking about is this idea of coaching, which I don't, I hate that word. Yeah. Life coaching. I, I especially yeah. hate life coaching, right? Because <laughs> when you hear life coaching, you think like Tony Robbins, like Shuckster, I'm going to help you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm going to help you manifest your true potential. Yeah. <laughs> right. With this 10 step plan. Uh, but I, one of the things I enjoy the most is like getting to know people, uh, hearing what they're struggling with and then often like telling them, oh, actually what you're really struggling with is not quite that it's this underlying thing yeah. and then seeing their minds explode <laughs> uh, and then really encouraging them to, you know, be intentional with a lot. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a fantasy of, uh, providing that as, as a service to people. Well, like, well, if you get an MSW, you'll be, you could be a social worker. You'd be like a sure. counselor, a therapist. You know sure. What I mean? yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the, the thing with coaching is it's like a loophole because you, uh, yeah. there, you're not allowed to say that this is therapy. Yes. But I don't see any reason why I can't provide therapy and call it coaching. I agree. Right. Obviously if someone is like a danger to themselves or others, I, unless I'm certified, I can't do that. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, and I also have a problem with people who provide quote, quote coaching, uh, and only focus on like, well, what do you want to achieve in your Get life stuff done yeah, with yeah. that without being like, well, why aren't you achieving this? And why are you choosing these things? Who do you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. How, like, how, what about how your mother raised you yeah. made you think that this is important yeah. and, and coaches, i the vast majority of coaches in my kind of experience don't even want to touch that shit. And yeah, that, that's that exactly what I want to touch. Right, 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 right. Well, that's why you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't be, a, you, have to, you have to call it something else, but he'd be like, it's kind of like a life coach, but it's more uh, hippy dippy. <laughs> more real. Yeah, more real. I agree. That's, I mean, like I, that, that stuff's pejorative and it. I mean, like, I think that like pr productivity is as, as unreal. It's more unreal than spirituality. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, Michael, thanks very much for doing this, man. Great to see you again. New yeah, Mexico. Thanks. We met in, new, met in Big Bend. Yeah. We're meeting again. Yeah, we'll meet again in, I don't know. The next life, perhaps. I mean, sooner. Sooner Probably. than that. I Hopefully. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, this is a pleasure. And that's a wandering mystic. Isn't it great? Wouldn't you join his cult? You would join his cult. I just joined it. It's just two of us right now. So it's kind of an odd power dynamic because it's just two two guys and one of them is a cult leader, and I'm, I'm the other guy. And it's um, it's going fine so far, but message me if you want to be um, in the cult. You don't even have to have a van. You just need to hate capitalism. Um, uh, so thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. Um, the logo was designed by Mr. Rudy Schultz. He is a graphic designer who you could hire. Whom you could hire, perhaps. Whom. I don't know. And the, the theme song 
as always, by the very talented Steve Gerard. Steve Gerard of Crown Blue Music. Check out Crown Blue Music on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get music. And thank you for listening to the episode. Um, hit me up if you enjoyed it. I I like the little encouragement that I've been getting from people. I appreciate that. I'm getting good feedback, um, which is nice because right now we're a small little thing. So if you could help in any way by growing, helping us grow the podcast, us being me once again, um, uh, you know, sharing it, reviewing it, um, writing about it. If you uh, are uh, a podcast <laughs> journalist or if you know one, um, pass it along. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Bye bye.